0: The scripture I will be reading will be First Thessalonians 3, 1-10. And it reads, I will be reading from the King James Virgins. <clears throat> and it reads, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it would be... Good to be let left alone at Athens, and sent Timothy, this our brother and minister of God, and our Fellow laborer and the Gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. No man, that no man should be removed. By the these afflictions for yourselves know that we are appointed there unto for verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulations even as it come to pass and ye know for this cause when i could no long, longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, least by some means the tempter have tempted you. and our labor be in vain. But now, when Timothy, come from you to us, and brought us good tidings, and of your faith and charity, and it that ye have good resen, re, resentment of the always desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, Brethren, we will, we are, we were comfort over you and all our afflictions and distress by your faith. For Now we live if we stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you? For all the joy we're with we joy for your sakes before God before our God night and day prayer exceedingly that We might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking your faith.
1: Said before I've always appreciated Kevin and his willingness to do whatever he can do and appreciate his reading of the Scripture this morning. The reading is a reminder to us of the fact that being a child of God is going to have his trials and his tribulations throughout this life. We at times seem to be overwhelmed by that or we allow that to get the best of us. We forget we've already been forewarned by Jesus that they persecuted him. Indeed, they will persecute us. They rejected him, they will reject us. And the challenge is ours to be faithful to God. And not to allow the things of the world, not to allow the tribulations of the world to overwhelm us. And not to allow Satan to tempt us to the point of forgetting who we are and what it is that Christ and God has done for us. One of the ways that that is done is what Paul is telling the Thessalonians here. That as he was laboring in Athens, he was concerned about them, that they might be overwhelmed by some persecution. And he felt that it would be good for him to be left alone and to send Timothy over to Thessalonica to see how they were doing. There is a need that we have at all times in our lives of encouraging one another Upholding one another, giving each other faith or hope that what we face, we face with God's help and with God's power. We're challenged in the life that we live here of being about the Father's business. As so you have received the sheet of paper in times past, if you do not have one about the goals for the congregation here, there are some in the back. If they're not, we will get you have some more made up for you. But we are striving to please God in all ways, and everything that we do, we want to be found pleasing in the eyes of God. Part of that is the building up of each other, the encouraging that we, encouragement that we give to each other. We know that we all struggle. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget what that kind word means. Sometimes we forget the trial or the tribulation that one may be going through and the help that they need, that they not give in to the things of the world. A little bit later in the Thessalonica letter, you go First Thessalonians chapter five. Look at verses nine through eleven. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together. With him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. We are God's. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ, redeemed from our sins, set free from our consequences through the blood that He shed. He established a body that is called the church. It has a universal application that there is one body that he is the head of. But it also has an application to individual congregations over which Christ also is the head of. And part of that is again to encourage each other in the body. We have that understanding again that wherever we go, wherever we travel, we're able to meet with and worship with those of like precious faith. And oftentimes when we do that traveling about, we are able to encourage those in that particular area by our presence there. But we're also reminded that we have an obligation here to the congregation to which we also are under the oversight of the elders here. We have physical family and we go and visit them. And it's always a joy to go and visit with them. But while you're gone, in the physical sense and also in the spiritual sense, while you're gone, obligations still must be met here. When we go to see our family, The utility company does not shut off the utilities and say, we will not charge you for the time that you're gone. There's still obligations to be met. When you leave spiritually to go worship someplace else, there's still an obligation to the local congregation. And ours is to encourage, to strive, to build up each other, to comfort one another just as you also are doing. Part of that obligation that is there in our life. Paul in writing to Timothy... Now let's go over to the Peter Peter writing. Over in Second Peter. Over in chapter three. Verses 17 and 18. Verse 16 he talked about some false prophets who are going to twist and distort the scriptures to their own destruction. 17, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, since you know there are going to be false teachers, since you know there are going to be individuals who are going to twist and distort scriptures, and it will be to their own destruction, but they will still twist and distort the scriptures. You already know this. Beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. You have an obligation, an obligation to God. And an obligation to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not fall from your own steadfastness. Being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. To grow in grace and in knowledge. Understand the unity of a body. Understand the different functions that a body has. And yes, there can be injury to a member of the body. And the body can still function. It can make up the loss. But it again is not the way that God had intended it to be. He intends every member of the body, every member of the body of Christ, to be doing their particular job. And oftentimes, again, we need to encourage one another along that way. Back in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 20 and following. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But now, indeed, there are many members. Yet one body. Again, it's true universally. We all make up the body of Christ around the world. But there are jobs that need to be done by individual members of the individual congregation to which we again have an obligation. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Every member is important. Every member needs to feel that they are important as well. We're not able to say, well, we really don't care whether you come or not. You really aren't needed there. Every member is important to Christ. Because for every member, Christ shed his blood for the remission of their sins. They are important to God and they ought to be important to us. So we have no right to prioritize members and say, you're needed, you're not needed, you're important, you're less important, and you can sit someplace else. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are needed. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God has composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which it lacks. God has composed the body. We need to understand that. The body here at downtown is a body that God has composed. We've talked about it before. You just think again, just looking around, what it took and the plan of God to bring this body of Christians together this morning here at downtown. What a marvelous, marvelous work he has performed in the accomplishing of His will. But now that he's brought the body together, there is a work. For the body to perform in this particular area, and again around the world, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, they all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. It brought us together. And we need to see the importance of each member and to understand that there is a place for each member. We've set in, we have set goals. We're striving to achieve the will of God here in this area, enable us to reach out into our community, to reach out into the area that surrounds us, to reach around our country, to be able to reach around the world in the spreading and the sharing of the gospel of Christ. And there is a challenge that is placed upon each one of us to be willing to do our part, whatever that may be. You go back to verse 18 of that 12th chapter. God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. He has a purpose. He has a purpose for each member. And he has a place for you. And if he has a place for you in the body, there is not a part of the body that does not have a function. And God has placed us there for us to do the job that is needed to be done. Yea, when one member is injured, you hurt your arm, you are not able to use it. The body will compensate for that. But again, the the gold is for all the members for doing the work that God would have them to do. One of the goals that we have, again, is to increase the member involvement. Members, you, I, to increase our involvement in the body of Christ. To realize that, again, there is something that you can do. Whatever that may be, it may be prayer. It may be the words of encouragement. It may be your presence. It may be you're seeing an opportunity that is not being met. It may be seeing something small that indeed you can do. Picking up leftover bulletins and whatever else is left on pews when the services are over. Little things candy wrappers, whatever else sometimes gets left on those pews. There's something that can be done, that we're working together. What we're striving to do is to give the sense that there is a body here that loves each other, that there's a body here that supports each other, and that we are looking for those opportunities. It's always easy to let somebody else do it. But it's always a joy when we share in the doing of those jobs that are along the way. One of our goals is to expand our list list of teachers. Oh, I cannot teach. How many times have we heard that? Work with a teacher. Use the tools that are available. Ask for tools that would help. You talk to those that teach our classes and see how long they've been in a class without a break. And yet there are those who can. We have some new teachers, and I'm grateful for those. It's good to see those step up and begin to take that part, to realize this is the body to which we belong, in the body to which we belong, we would desire to be healthy and strong and vibrant and all working together for the cause of Christ. Another goal that was set is to increase our Sunday night attendance. In the past we have done very well, it's slacked off a little bit. There's a time when that has been set for the body of Christ to gather together. The time per se is relative. But a time when it has been set, it's another story. Why do we feel that it's only important for us to be one of the times that, God, that we have established for God's people to gather together one out of the four times that we assemble a week. Why do we feel that we'll obey the elders in that decision at this time? The other, they don't matter. Where do, we, where do we gather that out of the word of God? That we do not have a need, a physical, a spiritual need to be together with God's people. There are times when we're not able to do that, I understand. But there are many times when we just simply have chosen not to for one reason or another. So what are we going to do on our part? Are we going to determine to do our share? We want to increase our attendance? Well, that's your job. Don't worry about it over here. Is that true? It's all of our jobs. I haven't done it here, but in other places I've had, I have asked. Now, what would you think? You came back here Sunday night, and I just simply chose not to show up. And I didn't tell anybody I didn't plan to come, I just simply did not show up. Would that make any difference? Had one person tell me, Well, you're only there because you're paid to be there. I said, Really? One is you got a very low opinion of me. Two is, Is that what you are really saying? That if we paid you, you would come? Wrong motive. Wrong motive. Why is it okay for one to miss and not for another to miss without any? Notification. Think about it. We are not our own. We have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. We have been added to his body for which he shed his blood for. And we are to glorify God in this body. By our contributing what we have. It may be small. It may appear insignificant to us. But it is important. It's interesting in the human body. Now the medical field has gone back and forth over whether the appendix has any purpose or not. And say, well, it's not necessary, it's outdated, and so on. And, say, and then later on they say, yes, it is, and so on and so forth. God designed the body. God designed the spiritual body. He placed us in the spiritual body where it has pleased him. It took him years. I mean, it took him Years. Well, he planned it from eternity, I understand. But it took him years to get this body together right here. And he has a way of wanting us to then, in that body, to be used in his service to glorify his name. That the world may indeed see our good works, And that they may glorify our Father who is in heaven. We are His. We do get discouraged. But we do need to encourage one another. We need to help one another. And whatever that may be. Are we willing to do that? So that we can be who God would want us to be. When upon last billows you're attempted, tossed. Do you know there's a place for safety? Do you know that there's a place for help? James had made the comment at one time in his James 4. You don't have because you do not ask. You do not have the help that you need because you haven't asked. One of the hardest things for us to do at times, it appears, is for us to ask. I need help. I'm struggling. I need help. What can you suggest? What can you do? How can we work it out? I'd love to do something, but I don't know how to do it. Let us help takes time, doesn't it, Doug, to to help somebody learn? Oh, but once they learn, what a joy. The body will always be growing. The body will always be changing. The body will always be challenged to be of greater service to God. Will you accept that challenge? Will you be a part of that body that grows together for the glory, the honor, and the praise of God above. If your life is not where it ought to be, if you're not yet a child of God, and know what you need to do to become a Christian, repent of those sins that separate you, confess Jesus as the Lord, be buried in baptism for the remission of sins, to be raised to walk this new life. Whereas a child of God who, have, who has forgotten what it means to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, And to have that hope of eternal life. To come home. If you have a need. If we could assist you. If we could help you in that need. Then indeed we bid you to come. As together we stand and sing.